Let's get into the scriptures. Uh, and and this, this, I've been, uh, this is just something that really has uh, really caught my attention recently, and I've been really praying about it and, and thinking about it, and so I thought I would share this week. Uh, so if you want to, it's going to be on the screen, but if you want to turn in your tablet, your phone, your Bible app, whatever it is, turn to Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through verse 34. So I'm just going to jump right in. I have a lot to share, and uh, we have a big, uh, um, a big uh, what do you call it this afternoon, a workshop, uh, and it's full, so I have to, but if, if you still are interested, if you hang around and you talk to David, where are you, David? I know you're here somewhere, Pastor David. He's here somewhere. He's in the back. If you want to talk to him, they're doing something about trading, you know, uh, and learning how to make trades online, all that stuff. Uh, see him. It's a workshop right after this. So let's read. Therefore, I tell you the truth. Do not worry about your life. You worry about your life? Do not worry about your life. Don't worry about what you eat or drink or about your body. That's why I got this, because I don't worry about my body. Uh, I'm just taking the scriptures literally. I don't think that's what it means. Uh, don't worry about what you wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more, I love that, are you not much more valuable than they? Can anyone of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Raise your hand if you can do that. You know, I have to laugh. My, my, my father... He's changed a lot over the years, but my father was a big-time warrior. He used to worry all the time, and he used to get so mad at me because I would be talking to him when I was here or, or, or I'd be on, like, you know, a video. Uh, I, I always did it when I was on video because if I was close to him, it probably wouldn't, it would have been worse. Uh, but, he, you know, he would be talking to me, and I could see him. He's just worrying. He's getting all worried. And I would say to him, I said, Dad, keep worrying. I can feel the power. I can feel the changes that are happening while you worry. Just keep worrying. He used to get so mad at me when I used to say that. Worrying, you can't add an hour to your life worrying, but I, I, I'm sure the scripture would say that you can lose an hour of your life worrying. You can lose time from stress. You can lose parts of your life from that, and you waste the time worrying. Why and why do you worry about your clothes? Ladies, men too, men now, men are into fashion too. I've never understood why ladies uh, dress up when they go to the mall. It makes no sense to me. But anyways, what do you worry about clothes? I'm going to get in trouble here. See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor uh, was dressed like one of these. Here's the, here's the encouraging thing. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? Do not, so do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek, First, the kingdom of God and all his righteousness, 
And all of these things shall be given or added unto you as well. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow uh, will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So, you know, one of the major things, I mean, when I was just uh, teaching someone this past week, you know, when, when a scripture, when a passage keeps saying the same thing over and over and over again, it's probably focusing on that. And so, you know, one of the things that this scripture is focusing on is saying, don't worry. What? He says, don't, don't worry because life, like why? Because life is more important than what you worry about. Life is way more important than clothes and food. Talk to someone who is getting close to death and ask them some of their major regrets. And most of the time, they'll say something like, I wish I spent more time with my kids. I wish I didn't work so much. Life is way more important than food and clothes. Your father, why not worry? Your father supplies the birds. He will supply and feed you. You are more valuable. That's why you don't worry about these things, because you are more valuable to your Father than the things on this earth. Why not worry? Because worry is a waste of energy and is powerless. Worrying is a waste of energy and is powerless. It doesn't even help you with the things you're worried about. When you're worried about your clothes, it won't help you. Worrying won't help you get more of them. So it is a complete waste of energy, and it is powerless. And then the fifth one is the Lord or the Father knows. He knows what you need. Now, if I sit here and just say to you, don't worry, in some ways that's not going to help you. This is what happens a lot of times when, we, when, 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 when preachers uh, preach. They say, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. Well, that doesn't really help you. Not really. Because then you're sitting there. Okay, don't. What then? What do I do? What do I do? What is the answer to not worrying? Because not worrying leaves you empty. Because it just, you, you almost feel like, well, okay, I'm not worrying. Now what do I do? Let's talk about the positive side. And he gives us the answer. This is the um, crowning verse, and many of us know this verse. It says to seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. So seek first the kingdom. Now, here's the problem. I, this really bothered me for a while. I, I, this is where I got stuck, and this is why I, I kept thinking about this passage, because oftentimes when... when uh, you like the way I said that? Oftentimes. I don't know where that came from. Maybe my voice is changing. I'm going through puberty or something. Um, <laughs> um, oftentimes, um, when we, we think of that, okay, I'm worrying about food. I'm, I'm worrying about, you know, money. I'm, I'm worried about all. I'm worried, I'm worried, I'm worried, I'm worried, I'm worried. And, and, the, and the verse says, seek first the kingdom of God. And so in some ways, I think we oftentimes, we, we say, okay, I've been looking at all these things. Okay, I need to seek God. As if, like, God is, like, I've got to stop looking at these things and I've got to start looking at something outside, something 
high above, something mystical, something out there. When I believe that that is not what this scripture is saying. He's not saying that. And so a lot of times when we hear this idea, I mean, it sounds good. Then I say, Seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness. You're like, well, what, excuse me, what is that? Like, I'm kind of a practical guy. I need something to kind of grab onto. I need to understand how to do that. I don't know how to do that. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with my family. I'm dealing with money. I'm dealing with uh, 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 trying to get rid of this thing. I, I mean, I'm dealing with these things. And you're saying, seek first the kingdom. Okay, what's that? And in the context of the scripture, is even more radical. Because they don't, this is, a, this, is a, this is Jesus coming on the scene for one of the first times in all his ministry. And this is like one of his first sermons. And he's, he's saying all these crazy things that they never heard of. And so for them, it's like, seek first the kingdom. The Pharisees have been telling me, don't do this, don't do that, don't do this, don't touch this. So what are you talking about? And I, I kind of fell in the same place. As if we like run away from these things that we're worried about and run to something else. And I believe that's not what the Scripture is saying. And later, in Matthew 13, he kind of starts saying this. He's talking about the kingdom. And he says this. In verse, uh, chapter 13, verse 44, he says, the kingdom of heaven, or the kingdom of God, either one, is like treasure hidden in a field. So it's not outside. It's somewhere here. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then he went uh, in his joy, and he sold all that he had, all he had, and he bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. So, so a merchant, a merchant is someone who like deals in buying and selling things. So he's not like looking outside; he's looking in the very things he's dealing with. Pastor, are you telling me that you can find the kingdom of God in clothes and stuff? I'm saying this. The things that you're worried about, there's treasure in them, their hills, as they say in the West. There's like, there's, there's, there's the kingdom of heaven is in there. It, it is. Remember when Jesus was like standing among all the Pharisees and, and he was say, he's saying to them, he's talking to them about all things and he says to them, he says, the kingdom of God is among you. He was talking about himself, but I do believe that all these things that you're worried about, all these situations that you're in, all these things that you're, 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 you're dealing with, the kingdom of God is in there. The question is, how do you find it? How do you find the kingdom of God in all these things that you're worried about? That's what we're going to talk about. In Luke, so then, I, then I, so I'm just telling you my journey here on this scripture, trying to understand it. So, so those, that was the scripture I came to. I said, like, oh, the kingdom of God is, can be found. The kingdom can be found in the things that I'm looking for. So then I was like, okay, God, show me a place in the scripture where someone found it in the middle of their situation. And he led me to Luke chapter 19. Luke 19, I don't know if we have it up here, so you can just listen, it's fine. Luke 19, it says, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. 
And a man was there, and his name was Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was very wealthy. He wanted to see what uh, he wanted to see who Jesus was, uh, but because he was short, he had a problem. He could not see over the crowd, so he ran ahead and climbed up in a sycamore tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. And when Jesus uh, reached the spot, he looked up and he said to Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he went down at once and he welcomed uh, him gladly and all the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone into the guest. He is going to be the guest of a sinner. Because, by the way, if you don't know this, you know, eh, you know everyone hated tax collectors. The reason why they hated tax collectors is the tax collectors were Jewish, and the tax collectors were extortionists, and they were kind of like almost like the mob, and so they not only there was not only high taxes to pay to the Romans, the tax collectors would say, yeah, you know, you owe you owe I don't know 100, 100, 100 uh, rupiah, yeah, but you're gonna give me two hundred because you know I'm the middleman. If you don't give me two hundred, I will report you as not giving taxes, and then you'll be in trouble. So. They were like against their own people. And so that's why they were considered sinners. But Zacchaeus stood up and said, uh, excuse me, but Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Lord, uh, look, Lord, here I am now. I, I, and now so, so he's in the house, right? He's in the house. And then, and then he says to the Lord, look, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor. So he's been listening to Jesus in the house. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, which is kind of a funny statement because it's true, he probably did, I will pay back four times the amount. And then listen to what Jesus says. Jesus says, today salvation has come to this house. The kingdom of God was released in his house at this point. He found salvation. Salvation is finding the kingdom of God. And so this is one instance where this guy, he's a, he's a sinner. He's, he's who he is. And he invites Jesus into his house. And after listening to Jesus, he sees that pearl. He sees that treasure. And he goes after the treasure that's in his house. And that day, salvation comes to him. What did he do? First, I would say that Zacchaeus didn't allow his reputation to keep him from searching for Jesus in the noise in the crowd. You have to understand, Zacchaeus was wealthy. He was, he was probably well-dressed. He was probably just the, you know, the, the guy who walked down the street and he was, had been wearing the best of clothes. Don't care. Don't care who I am. Sorry, I'm going to get in trouble, but I'm going to do it anyways. So, standing here, worshiping God, being who I'm supposed to be. Oh, God, thank you that you love me. Come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. I can stay here. 
If I go forward, it will be embarrassing to me. If I go forward, everyone will think I'm a sinner. If I come to the altar, you know, my reputation might be thought of. Zacchaeus didn't care about that. He didn't care about any of that. All he wanted was to find the kingdom. He was hungry. He didn't care whether his clothes got dirty climbing the sycamore tree. He didn't care whether he was short. He wasn't mad at God for being short. He said, I don't care about my reputation. I don't care what it takes. I want the kingdom. I want to see him. I want to find him. Didn't care. Second thing. He brought Jesus into the middle of his life, his dirty life. Today, Jesus said, today I want to be in your house. My house. I got prostitutes in my house. I got thugs in my house. I, I got... I got alcohol and all kinds of junk in my... Do you think this party at his house was some kind of like formal thing? Remember they used to say Jesus hung around prostitutes and, 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 and guys who were like alcoholics, basically. I'm sure that Zacchaeus was living high on the hog, as we say. You know, he was living really well. And he probably had some ladies in his house and different people in the house. But he invited Jesus right into the middle of it. He wasn't saying, oh, Jesus, don't, you know, don't come to my house. You know, we can talk out here. No, you come on all the way in. Come all the way into the mess of my life. That's how you find the kingdom of God. His lifestyle was a lifestyle of pleasure and sin, but he was looking for an answer. He didn't let that stop him. He didn't let the things around him stop him from listening and learning. He wasn't, see, that's why it says, you're worried about the clothes, you're worried about food, you're worried about money, your mind is loud and it's listening to all these things. And he's saying, no, stop all that and listen for my voice. And so Zacchaeus is sitting there and I'm sure that Jesus, he had to be talking about stealing, extorting, about how the kingdom of God was righteous. Had to be saying those kind of things. And Zacchaeus, it was hitting him. He was listening to what God was saying. This is how oftentimes we listen to God. We listen to good. This is how we often listen to good advice. I'll just say it that way. This is how we often listen to good advice. Yeah, that's really good advice, but blah 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 blah. I remember my uh, someone once said it, and I've never forgotten. He says, "Once you say but, everything that you said before it, you just canceled it all." God's saying, walk in my ways. And you're going, I would love to walk in your ways, Lord God, but I got these bills I got to pay. But, canceled out. You're not listening to what God is saying. And then, he does the unthinkable. When he hears it, when he actually hears it, 
when he finds the kingdom, he invests fully in it. He invests fully in what is being said, in what Jesus is saying to do. He says, I will give all of this stuff up. I will pay back four times the amount of anyone. I want, he did what the merchant did. He sold everything he had. He invested his time, his money, his energy, everything into the pearl. What does Jesus say? Today, salvation. Now, some of you think salvation as in, I am now saved. That's, that's only part of it. Salvation like freedom from the things you're worried about will come to you. Freedom will come to you. Salvation, what will save you from all this worry, is investing, giving up everything and investing in that pearl that you're hearing from the voice of God, that you're hearing from the Word of God, that you're hearing from those people around you who are actually godly and giving you good godly advice. This is how you find the kingdom. You know, it's, it's very interesting. It's, it's an interesting contrast. It's an interesting contrast between the rich young ruler. I don't know if you remember that story. Remember the rich young ruler? He comes to Jesus and he says, Jesus, how do I find eternal life? How do I find the kingdom? How do I find the kingdom? Jesus says, well, you know, do not steal, do not, you know, the Ten Commandments kind of stuff. And then, the, and then the, the rich young ruler says, I've done all those things. And then comes the pearl. Then comes the thing that will get him the kingdom of God. Jesus says, sell everything you have and give it to the poor and follow me. <laughs> Too great a price. Too great a price. Here you are worried about food, calculating the amount of money you have versus the money you need every day going through this same procedure in your mind. So much so it's now become a habit. And the voice of God is saying, time to leave all that. I have a much better way to live. That means I must let go of that. I'm so used to holding on to that. Do you know, do you know that they have, they have found um, these people who have drowned, like drowned in water. They have found them holding on to a stick, like in their hand. Because it, they think it's the only thing that's going to save them. So they grab onto the stick that can't even hold them up. And, it, and they're going down, but they won't let go. They won't let go. They won't let go. Some of you are holding on to these little tiny sticks and you're drowning. And you're hearing a voice say, Oh, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness is there. Trade your sorrows for joy. God is saying, let go of those things and invest in kingdom thing. What are you talking about? How do we invest in kingdom things? I'm still not done yet. I'm going to give you another thing. 
See, I love that verse in, in Romans 14. It says, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating or drinking. It's a matter of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. If you're not experiencing righteous living, if you're not experiencing joy, if you're not sensing peace in your life, you might want to say to yourself, I need the kingdom. I need the kingdom. I need the kingdom. I must be holding on or investing in or, or, or moving into things that are not the kingdom of God because the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. If I don't have those things, it's probably because you're holding on to some kind of stick and you're drowning. So I sat around and said, okay, Jesus, how do I do this? Like, how practically do I do this? And this is what I feel he's shown me. So, I don't know. As I say, you get what you get and you don't get upset. Deal with it. That's what I'm going to give you. Okay, here we go. Here's, we're going to go through an exercise together. Uh, you can close your eyes. It might, not help, it might not hurt to do that. It might help you. Uh, it might help you to close your eyes. We're going to kind of go through like kind of a prayer and a, and a bit of a, like a, kind of a, uh, a concentration or a meditation on certain things. First, I want you to start thinking about people, your relationships. Maybe I'll start, I'll, I'll give you an example first and help you. So, you have a spouse. Or even... Yeah, any, any relationship, but let's just use a spouse. But it can be a friend, it can be, uh, it can be anything, any, any person, any person you're in relationship with. And they're bugging the living daylights out of you. Boy, you're, you know, I don't know about you, you go through your life and you're just like, man, you know, like, I really don't like this part about them. Or, you know, you're like, oh, you got all this stuff that you're thinking about them. Definitely not the kingdom of God. What you need to ask yourself is, when I look at that person, where in my relationship or in them, where is the kingdom of God? What is it about them that's absolutely from God? What is it about them that's absolutely something that is of God? There's the pearl. There's the pearl. There it is. Think about your relationships. Think about the people that you're struggling to have peace and joy and righteousness with. But see, the thing is, you're listening to all the other stuff. But there is a pearl in that relationship. There's a pearl of the kingdom of God there. A treasure that exists in that relationship. What the Lord, I believe, is telling us to do is to give up all the other stuff and invest in that very spot in that relationship. Invest fully in that spot. All they've 
hurt me. Oh, they've done this to me, or they've done that to me, or, or you know, all the stuff that we build, build offenses with. But there's a kingdom of God between us somewhere. Lord, if it takes me to climb the tree to look over all the stuff that's bothering me. I want to see you in this relationship, Lord. Show me where it is, Lord. Show me. When you find it, sell everything else and invest in that spot. Because it's from there all other things will be added onto you and added onto that relationship. You got to start where the treasure is. So you, I just want you to go through your relationships. We're going to walk through our, our spouses. Take a moment. Let the Holy Spirit show you where the treasure is. Get ready to sell everything and invest in that. Your children. Oh, I know how children can bug you sometimes. Lord, show us where the kingdom of God is in their life, that I can invest fully in that. That I can give my time and energy, even money to it. To see, Lord God, hallelujah, righteousness, peace and joy flow between us. Your boss, there's a good one. All the noise that comes from your boss. God has given you a job, and there is some treasure there. The kingdom of God, as Jesus said, is among you there. Show me where it is that I can invest fully in it, that I can give everything else up and invest in that. You know, you can do this with your business. If you're a business owner, there are places where the kingdom of God exists in your business. But you're worried about the bottom line. You're worried about profits. You're worried about this and that. God said, look and search for the kingdom. Invest in that. Sell, as the, as the guy did, sell everything else and with joy Buy that spot. I believe God will show you that in your business as well. And then, in your own personal life, let God in that dirty place of yours. That closet where you don't let anybody else in that's filled with junk. Jesus is saying today, I want to be in your home, the home of your heart. Let him come in and speak to you about those areas. Finally, our community here at ICC IFGF. I see so many pearls everywhere in this community. But we can find more. Will you invest in that pearl?
Will you invest in the kingdom of God, in your community, in your church community? Will you give up and, 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 and give in and, and, and become part of the, the, the production team or the special ops teams or the greeters or just invest in it and bring peace and joy and righteousness into our community? This is how you seek first the kingdom of God and all His righteousness. Not looking up and away from those things, but looking into those things and seeing where Jesus is. So, well, Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you, to see you high and lifted up, shining in the light of your glory, pour out your power and love, we sing holy, holy, holy. The eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. Sing it, make it a prayer. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. In my relationships, in my businesses, in my community. I want to see you, Lord. I want to see you. To see you high. To see you high and up. Shining in the light of your glory. Pour out your power and love. We sing holy, holy, holy. Sing holy. Holy, holy, holy. Holy, holy, holy. Holy, holy, holy. I want to see. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and all other things shall be added unto you. It's a perfect time to have communion together. And I know it's at your seat. You don't need to be a member of this community or any church, really. What's necessary is that you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Before we take communion, maybe there, maybe, maybe in, after listening to this message, you... You feel like you're 
you, you want Jesus. Maybe you don't have Jesus. Maybe you think you, you, you don't know you, you didn't know this. And you, you, you need Jesus. You want Jesus. So I'm just going to ask if, if, you, if, you, if you have never asked Jesus into your heart and, and, and you want Jesus right now, if you want to seek first his kingdom, I, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand. I want to pray for you before we take communion. Is there anybody here that, you know, if you're online, just raise your hand. If you, if, you, if you need Jesus, raise your hand. I want to pray for you before we take communion. It's okay. If everybody's here already, it's fine. Okay, amen. If you're online and you need Jesus, just put it in the chat box. Say, hey, I want to talk to someone. And our, our, those that are online watching, they'll, they'll help you. They'll get you connected and, and help you find Jesus. I want to find Jesus, man. When I found him, the best thing that ever happened in my life. Let's take communion together, yeah? <laughs> Jesus wanted the kingdom of God to be in our hearts. But he had to clean our hearts. He had to, he had to give us a gift that only he could give. He had to pay for all our sins. He had to do something that allowed cleansing in our lives so that he could, he could live with us. So he died on the cross and he died for your sins. He died for all your sins, past, present, and future. And he said, to anyone who receives me, I give the power to become the children of God. He says, if you come to me, I will wash you clean. And I will come and live inside you. This is what communion is all about. And as we take communion, we're declaring that we have Jesus in our heart, that we know that he has forgiven us, that we know that we, hallelujah, have a connection with the King. We just raise up that the bread. Lord, we thank you so much that you died for us. Lord God, this bread represents your broken body on the cross. We're so thankful, Lord God, that you were willing to die for us. We couldn't do it ourselves. So we thank you that through your, through your death, through the, the, through the punishment, by your stripes we're healed, whole, and that, Lord God, by your death on the cross, you allowed us access to heaven and Lord, hallelujah, you could bring heaven into our heart. So we remember what you did on the cross. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Let us partake of the bread. Please stand with me. Jesus said, at, at the supper, he, he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Drink it in remembrance for me. For as many as drink this cup and eat this bread, they proclaim his, his death until he comes again. So Lord, we're thankful that you shed your blood because you said without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. And so Lord, you shed your blood to forgive our sins. By your blood, there is power 
to make us whole. Lord, we look forward to drinking again with you in paradise. Until then, we proclaim that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God who died and on the third day rose again and is coming back to take us home. We thank you, Jesus, for this. We look forward, hallelujah, to being with you forever and ever in eternity with all our brothers and sisters. Let us partake of the cup and celebrate his goodness. Amen? Let's sing something, yeah? Oh, what a Savior Isn't he wonderful Sing hallelujah kingdom of God that is among us in our relationships, in our business, in our community, with our children, with those that, Lord God, we don't even know, Lord, show us, open our eyes that we might see the kingdom. Lord, help your people this week to seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness, because, Lord, we know all other things will be added unto us. So bless your people. Lord, Turn your face and shine your face upon your people. Be gracious to them. Fill them with the Holy Spirit, Lord God. Fill them with joy. Fill them with peace. I pray these things in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. God bless you. Have a great week. Go tell someone that Jesus loves you.